2: Once again, remember to check out the podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcast platform. You can listen to the Audio Vanity Card on the Complete Kelly and Rumya podcast. Or you can listen to the show in segment form. You have your favorite contributor. Check it out that way. Subscribe using your favorite podcaster. That's to the Kelly and Rumya podcast. If you have time, folks, please give us a rating and review. We call this segment Cut for Time. We'll give you some ideas of segments you may want to go back to via the podcast and check out Rummy and I Return. Um, Grant Hardy also returns to the program. He was here with us for The Buzz earlier, our reporter-producer. And we get into this segment where we discuss a little bit more than what we originally were able to. We fit it in in this segment because we had to cut it due to time in the original conversation. So I'm going to start, folks, as we reflect on these conversations. Tuesday, we spoke with uh, Dugald Maudsley, of The Secret World of Sound, about his documentary, which dives into the untold stories of animals' lives using sound. Here he is explaining how they made a scientific discovery along the way with this project.
0: Uh, The Great Grey Owl, which uh, we filmed in Alberta, uh, uses amazing hearing to figure out where its prey is. But we never understood how it overcame the way that snow changes sound. Cause you know that so dampens yes. sound, but oh, it, yes. also, it also bends it, right? Um, it changes where it's coming from. And we all know that quiet sound on a snowy day. So the scientists that we work with used the acoustic camera, another piece of cool technology, to visualize where the sound was. And they realized it was the, the bulb was over here, but the sound was coming out way over here, but you know, a meter and a half away. And that the great grey owl was actually uh, reducing the impact that the snow had on sound by getting over top of its uh, prey, where the sound was least affected by the snow. And so that was new, brand new science just uncovered. And Mm. that features in our story about the great grey owl, which is, of course, also an extremely beautiful uh, story all shot in the winter
2: find this all on CBC Gem and released here on CBC uh, or on CBC this month. This is fantastic. I mean, as a blind person, I never thought of people really valuing sound as much as people do now. We just finished our audiobooks discussion with Ryan, people listening, people being curious and creating more things based on sound. Let's jump on a subway train with some recorders and ride and let you hear the sounds of underground Paris or, or underground New York, wherever it might be. I find that fascinating. I find that people will now have the tolerance to listen to stuff. Maybe we don't spend a lot of time. We do it in bits and pieces and maybe headlines and things like that we don't take a lot of time for. But to hear this discussion from people talking about sound and as a blind person makes me stop and say, wow. Now, it's not totally the way I consume sound. It's totally about the communications of these animals or the nature, what they rely on for survival when it comes to sound. Um, in that piece, talking about the owl hunting and the things that some of us may know about the stifling of snow. And you think, oh, well, I, I'm the only person really knows that other than someone else who's blind from travel. But we think about the animals of the world. Vision, uh, sound, smell all these things that just as much to us are important are to them and to certain people we have in heightened this or that, but to have a program that features on this, to have them discuss it in this method and for us to consume it for me was really, really fascinating. And I get what we're hearing, what the animals are hearing, what they're talking about, but to position microphones in places and to build a program uh, around this just fascinating and and as we were talking about it all i kept thinking is for him creating a show being so close to it was a day-to-day thing working away at it proud of some of the discoveries proud of how they accomplished certain things based on the, the nature the situation the environment and what they had to do the exciting equipment they used to me grant was fascinating
3: hmm I mean, really fascinating discussion in so many ways. I think that you and I and, and Ramia won't we'll speak for you. I know as a as a blind person myself, I sometimes find it really just baffling how underappreciated sound is where you yes. design whatever it is, a, a documentary, a video game, whatever it is, with like absolutely breathtaking, you know, graphics, but The sound is maybe just a little few little sound ups that have very little to do with the production that were just kind of added in after the fact. Um, I find a documentary like this, which is really based on and centered around sound, a special, I should say, not a documentary, is is, uh, really fascinating. But it also highlights something that I've always thought, which is, um, you know, people in the community, the disability community, whether they're, they're blind or have different uh ways of perceiving the, the world than than uh the mainstream really have a, a place in STEM like science, technology, and engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh and and I think we'd be able to create and add some interesting perceptions and and values. And I mean we know that for example, our traffic patterns disrupt animals uh in terms of the sounds that they rely on uh, now we have another document uh, uh another discovery so i think the ways that animals rely on sound is really absolutely uh, fascinating ramia
1: yeah it definitely is and i think a lot of it for me has always been kind of around the oh my gosh this is adorable or this is precious and because we feel so separate from animals, right? Like, we we don't feel that we are necessarily connected in this way or that way. But what I really, really enjoyed about this conversation on Wednesday was that um, we were talking about just, you know, sibling relationships or uh, fights and conflicts that animals have and—or, you know, the birth of—like, all these little things that are just very <sighs> They're experiences that all living creatures go through. They highlight relationships. They highlight dynamics. And it's being presented in a way that is so real to us, because at least the three of us around the, the table, um, connect through sound, right? We connect audibly through these, this kind of information. And so to make it hit this way, I think, is so important, because it just gives us another way to connect directly with the the other living creatures of the world, non-human. Um, there's so much that we accredit to just language and say, yeah, because, you know, we can express in English. We know how to say what it's, is happening, to explain, to uh, understand better and comprehend, but... That's happening elsewhere all the time with these animals and with all kinds of creatures. We're just not necessarily in tuned or understand how to interpret what's going on. So, And
2: we can't talk to them
1: to yeah. know about how they do
2: stuff or why exactly. or what it's like to not them. Not yet, it's, at least. It's amazing. Not yet, assume. exactly. Oh, that yeah. sound is mm-hmm. coming up.
1: Exactly. Uh, so cool. Also, switching to Wednesday, Corinne Van Dusen joined us for her biweekly entertainment segment and she talked about... Kate Hudson getting into the music biz. Here's a little bit of that.
4: Well, uh looking into it further, it's just the single that's out Aww. right now. So, but hmm. we do have information about the album coming up. Okay. So, she first revealed her plans to record an album in April of 2022. She shares a lot of stuff on Instagram. So at this time, she shared a picture of her singing in a rehearsal space and wrote, finally realized it's time to say, forget it and sing. And then on December 31st of uh, this year, she also shared a series of photos and videos from her first concert appearance, which happened uh, in Aspen, Colorado. There it was. So she's kind of been hinting at it for the last like two years-ish to say, you know, I... I'm married to a, a musician right now. I've been I've been engaged and married to other musicians, so she knows a lot about it. Uh, we may remember her from her role in Almost Famous, which is a big movie about music,
1: and now she is finally getting behind the muck. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more from Kate about the actual process of just breaking out into the music side of things. Um, but you know, what's really like reading between the lines, at least at this point, I think what's important to kind of uh get on a level i guess with these people who we you know hype and put on pedestals because they're celebrities is that there is a lot of fear there is a lot of conversation and understanding around um it, people not being confident or not being ready or being afraid to show certain sides of them out to the world and because they're celebrities and because they're influencers, we go, yeah, yeah, you got the access to do whatever you want. Just, you know, go from singing to acting to dancing to whatever it is that you want to put out there. Oh, now you want to um, get part in retail? Go ahead, you know, brand these products, et cetera, et cetera. And we know a lot of celebrities do that already. But, and especially because I I love music myself and I sing, uh, there's a part of me that's so sensitive to this idea of she wasn't ready. And that tagline I guess that she said of forget it and sing to me that rings as she was afraid or not necessarily ready for whatever myriad of reasons. And, uh, you know, Corinne pointed out that she's been married to and been engaged with and has a lot of people in her realm, in her world, who are musically involved. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready to put it out. And maybe she's a fantastic singer and she finally feels like she can share that out with the world. Um, But it's kind of this, you know, empathy, right, around... Just because she's a celebrity and just because she has the ability to put everything out there, you know, when the the accessibility and the, uh, the supports, that doesn't mean that she's necessarily ready. And this is so much easier to understand if you're just an everyday person who hasn't put out anything yet and who doesn't have the clout and the stat of a celebrity. But even with celebrities, they have these human experiences, right girls?
2: Oh, for sure. And one would argue we don't know that this isn't something the person's wanted to do, have been told to do. I, I, right? I'm liking it to athletes, right, who who you say, Wow. LeBron James, he's a great basketball player. Yeah, but I don't know what it was like when he was playing high school football. He could have been brilliant at playing football, but this is where his bread's best buttered. I remember some athletes who played baseball and I got peeved off. Well, what do you mean he's decided to sign with the Boston Celtics? Why? It's a basketball. He's gone because that's where his bread's best buttered. Not everyone can do two things at once, but a lot of people want to dabble. I think if you have the money, you obviously could go out and record. doesn't mean if you're good or bad. And in her case, it doesn't mean if she's good or bad or needs to take the time or going to be that top-notch performer it's being able to try but i like that you pick out like karen said like you know well you know just just let go because that person no matter how well off you are you can't shake nerves
5: grant
3: Mm. Mm -hmm. absolutely true i actually find this really interesting from kind of a a another perspective just thinking about all of the celebrities that are multifaceted and have either just tried singing or you know maybe their the older sibling has sang and now they're trying singing and it's actually really good it turns out really well and it makes you wonder uh not even wonder but just think about how many people have that potential out there that are just having a hard time getting Talent. the exposure or the yeah.
2: resources and behind I, them, but... I think a lot do grant because of what they have to do to get where they are in their career maybe they were in a musical maybe they had to dance and maybe that that right. made them try out something else yeah, that no, we no never absolutely know true. about.
3: yeah absolutely true but yeah just just thinking about the the lay people that like hey you might be sort of the next hit singer it, you know if only you had kind of the resources or the clout or you know the opportunity the uh, and up, Not yeah. exactly and yeah Uh, I don't think we have time for item three here. Oh, yeah, we're good. Oh, oh, do we? Okay. Uh, Yeah, so sticking with uh, Wednesday's show, uh, we showed a feature on the short-term placement program uh, that you guys attended at W. Ross McDonald. Uh, Here's a little snippet of that touching on the benefits of the program.
5: But we have different themes every STP weekend. Um, We have a sports weekend coming up. Um, Previously we had like a cooking and independent living skills weekend, Um, we have a creative arts and music weekend, so when the kids sign up the idea is that they're signing up for something that they really want to participate in I guess. You know we want people to be excited to come, right? Um, That being said like you know we have weekends where we have 25 kids here, right? Um, Especially our our sports and music weekends tend to be very popular. Um, Those are parents weekends, those are um, pretty interesting Uh, we try to do like all ages opportunities so um, for some of the younger kids that maybe can't come and stay a whole weekend independently they can come with their parents and have some fun and then we typically try to do some like information sessions with the parents as well or like some pathway planning that type of thing you know we have themes and expanded core curriculum opportunities and and um, you know we we try to create this super accessible environment but, but ultimately' it's, it's that um, it's that social connection that the kids get to make with each other and the, and the friendships that kind of go along with it. That's what keeps kids coming back and that's the real like um, the real thing that they sort of remember and, and, and then bring home and spread the word about.
3: Now, obviously, this was short-term placement. This was not uh, long-term. People attending the school full-time, but it sort of made me think about something that's been on my mind for a long time, which is that you know I was so uh, smug about, sort of not smug. I was I was so happy to be attending the mainstream school, but mm. the older I get and the more I think about it, the more I think how many more opportunities and how much happier i maybe would have been if i'd attended somewhere like w ross mcdonald because just the the mainstream school they really try like they really try and have utilize as many resources as they they can but it just strikes me that w ross mcdonald and places like that just have so many additional resources and opportunities and social opportunities just could go on and on that would really benefit you don't know if either of you
1: i want to say i agree completely grant like legit felt the same way especially after getting on this show like five six years ago and talking to so many people including you kels who talk often about the uh, specialized school experience and i think I really I feel so similarly that I've missed out on a lot of opportunity. I'm kind of catching up now, right? Like trying specialized sports and all these other things. Uh, um, but the facility and this kind of like confidence building that you get, I guess, from having had these opportunities, just the exposure alone, I've missed out on decades of that.
2: I'm a fan of um, best of both worlds. I I hear what you two are saying. And I know as a student at Ross, I got to, oh, man, I hate that I got to come here every week. And but yeah. we took it for granted. We had all these opportunities and things we got to play with. When I went to Saunders and, and decided to school in London, I missed some of that. I was happy to be I was happy for the different experience being mm. in a high school with 2000 kids in it and learning and navigating and doing school things there. But definitely knowing I could go out without having to explain myself and play baseball, play hockey, yep. and do things like that without you know it's it there. being a difference, because we can. We throw it together. Yeah. Sure, it wasn't of the magnitude of, of, of Saunders. Um, I think the closest thing to that for me was being on the swim team or the wrestling team because we, we competed against uh, mainstream schools But we had that opportunity, and I've had so many people say to me, I wish I had been at. We had that ability to learn computers at their first, at the earliest times, and have people teach us in a way we could consume, which would help us go forward for secondary, for for jobs, and and whatever else we wanted to do. There is a lot that I can say and agree totally, and it was wonderful Mm -hmm. when those kids were there, and I didn't get a chance to say this. Thank you, guys, students. The staff for inviting us, but for the wonderful questions and the fun. Yeah. Grant, appreciate you being with us too for Cut for Time and filling in on the buzz today. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Have a good one. Reporter Grant Hardy joining us here on the program. Rummy and I will return when we wrap up this show. We'll tell you a little bit about programming on AMI Audio, AMI TV over the weekend, our closing moment, and give you a tee up for next week's Monday edition of Kelly and Rummy. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break.
0: Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.